0: Our f-ing city. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, all the ships at sea, lovers, muggers, and thieves. Welcome to the Boston Podcast. My name is Dave. If you like our show, follow us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find your pods. And by the way, if you would like your own podcast, you should go to pod617.com. to get started. We create podcasts here, it's what we do. You could be the next big podcast star. It's a great way of connecting with your network, with clients, would-be clients, with friends. Whatever you want to do, go to pod617.com to get started. But enough about that. Some of you may know I used to be in finance. Many of you probably don't know because I don't think I act like someone used to be in finance. But anyway, I like to fall. I still like to follow what's going on in the industry. And we have someone here who's developed something I think is very interesting—a a new way of looking at investing. I think she would say her name is McCall John Leas. I blew it already. Damn it! <laughs> I'll fix that. Her name is McCall John Leas White. How did I do that time?
1: Perfect.
0: Really? Okay. <laughs> i don't hope to be perfect. So, uh, Mikal, thank you for joining the program. We're going to welcome you properly with a round of applause. And you have, you're the founder of an outfit called Wealthmore and kind of has an interesting approach and some things that I haven't heard of before. We're going to get into that. But first, you're in the Philly area, so I guess I need to congratulate you on how well your Eagles are doing. Are you excited?
1: Yes, ten and one, best <laughs>
0: record in the league. Best record in the league, I know. But you, I actually had money on them last night, so I was happy. That was that worked out actually very well for me. And the Bills always blow it. So, but I mean, you're you, you're getting greedy now. You already you already beat us in the Super Bowl with that silly Philly special thing. Oh man, we haven't gotten over that yet.
1: I still feel robbed from last year so it's not over.
0: <laughs> yeah, le- yeah, last year was tough. You made it. Well, well, I I I'll absolutely be rooting for the Eagles. I still have a place in my heart for Philly, having gone to Penn, having eaten way too many cheesesteaks than a human could could eat and I'll be pulling for you if you're up against that Quarterback with the weird afro haircut, whatever he's got going on there, he's pretty good. Anyway, so tell me how this thing. Have you always been in finance? And tell me sort of the events leading up to your your founding Wealthmore.
1: You got it, David. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here today. My pleasure. I've always been in finance. Finance sort of found me. It wasn't the obvious career path, but I've been in it for quite some time, and have really just benefited from people teaching me how to invest taking an interest in my own investing journey. And now we do that with Wealth More to make it possible for millions more of Americans to have access to great financial advice.
0: Mm. The first thing I noticed is your minimum, if I'm reading this correctly, is a thousand bucks. I had never heard of a, now, why is that?
1: Well, here's what we've seen. So many people have been left out of getting access to financial advice because the account minimums are so high. And before starting Wealthmore, I was a managing director at J.P. Morgan, managed a $22 billion credit card business and saw this growing need for people to get advice. He did a really nice job teaching people about credit scores and how to better manage budgeting and saving and understanding the implications of having a bad credit score but there was so much more to building wealth and yet the account minimums were keeping more and more people out. So we are very intentional in making that account minimum low and having a starter plan where people can get in and start getting advice from our certified financial planners. We have an account minimum of a thousand. Most advisories, 250, 500,000.
0: Yeah, when I was in the industry, it was it was five hundred thousand, and which made it hard for me to bring in any of my friends as clients because I just didn't have a lot of rich friends. <laughs> but it, but there's no reason why someone with a, a humble nest egg doesn't it, first of all doesn't need the financial advice, and second of all isn't on their way to to great things. But financial advice along the way would help, right?
1: Absolutely, and the idea that we only give advice to people because they're already wealthy doesn't make a ton of sense.
0: Nonsensical. Yeah. Yeah. What would you say are some of the biggest misconceptions about investing that you help dispel?
1: Yeah. I think a lot of people have been sort of swayed into this notion of there's a way to do this fast and easy. It really isn't. When you look at people who have done it well, it's the consistency. They stick with it. They set aside some dollar amount that they can afford to invest on a regular basis and that habit over time and making smart investments and not buying high and selling low, not leaving money on the table. I'm always shocked by how many people don't take their companies for a 1K match. Mm. That's part of your compensation.
0: Yeah, I wish I worked for a company that still did that. I used to make fun of people that didn't take the match. some people, I guess, are just naturally suspicious. It's like I don't know. I want I want my money like in my bank in cash where I can see it. And yet there's fear out there. I mean, I I remember this is a random story. I remember a woman coming to me. She had, I want to say, she had five million dollars, which at the time that that would have been a real good client for me. So I'm excited. I'm going to give her a, all her money was in cash and. I'm thinking, oh, I, I just need to tell her. Even if you're risk-averse, we got to get you in the markets to some degree. She had money in five different banks, and, and she thought that was her sort of insurance policy if one of the banks failed. <laughs> so is is it still – I mean, I don't know if the scars of the, the last couple of recessions, last couple of times the market tanked are still out there. Is there still a lot of fear of getting into the markets?
1: I think you have fear because – Now that the markets are far more choppy, people sort of retreat instead of looking at this as an opportunity to buy while prices are depressed and sort of take advantage of the natural evolution in the market. Mm -hmm. So what ends up happening is those of us who have access to a financial advisor pick up the phone and call someone and say, hey, what do you make of this market? And the smart advisor on the other end of the phone tells you this is cyclical this is okay, this is an opportunity, and you say, ooh, thank you, and you ride the wave. Mm. When you don't have that, what do we see with retail investors? You are in the industry.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: They sell, and they retreat, and maybe they don't come back until the market is high again, so they're then again buying high, selling low, coming back when the markets are high.
0: Yeah, it, it, it happened to more than one of my clients and it it's heartbreaking because it's I mean it is human nature right the market's going down I have to get out now or look at look at how far the market has fallen I better get out before it falls even further no I I had clients that did that they they get out at the bottom and then then it's like the market starts to go up it's like well I'm still not sure yet well you're losing all this money it's it's that is tell tell me about how you try to counsel somebody. Through that, and are some people just beyond help?
1: I think a lot of it is giving people the access to someone to actually talk it through, right? Because I'm still surprised by people who think the market could possibly go to zero. It's never happened historically. Probability is like none. Yeah. Still have people who believe, hey, my money could go to zero. So I sometimes give people simple examples, like, okay, let's say you bought shares of Target. What would it take for Target to go to zero? Hmm. Do you realize like every store would have to close, every piece of inventory would have to disappear? Like just helping people understand like some of these irrational fears that drive their sort of instincts or when things go bad, they go into a very sort of like dire state of like the market's going to go to zero. So the advice, them being able to access our financial advisors is a big part of it. The education to show people if this is part of a normal trend in the market. And then lastly, the community element that we built through love More. So you're not going alone. And I think sometimes the fear of that I'm the only one, I don't have anyone to turn to drives some of that irrational behavior.
0: What do you mean by community that you've built?
1: Yeah, so within our app, we've created communities. The communities are mixed. Some of them are around financial goals that you're working on, which might be team home ownership. And then others might be groups that you self-identify with. I would certainly be part of our women who wealth group, and you might be part of our men who wealth community. Mm -hmm. And those communities, you'll find like-minded people who are focused on building wealth, but the communities are also led by our financial advisors. So you get to get advice from people who actually have been trained, went through the process to get the formal education to deliver great advice.
0: It sounds novel. It sounds like it totally makes sense to me. It makes almost almost too much sense. it I noticed that a lot of a lot of people, one of my frustrations when I was an advisor was people would like we say, I guess chase returns, but also misunderstand the the whole nature of the beast. And by that, I mean, they would come to me and say, well, the markets were up, well, the stock market was up 8% last year. And my portfolio was only up 6%. And then inevitably, you'd explain to them, well, you're not 100% invested in stocks, Mr. Smith. You're invested 65% in stocks. And so you're only but even then, they don't care about that. And it's like, well, I have a friend who's making 12%. I just, I just don't, I, I think, uh, unless you can make me more, shouldn't I go someplace else? Oh God, I used to hate when people say that. Anyway, what do you tell
1: that client? I think it's one of the things we've built in our user experience is that when you go into your profile, you can see sort of your own profile based on the questions you answer. And with that is an expected return. So if your profile and your risk tolerance lands around that 6 to 7% and that's what you're seeing, then we will tell you this is consistent with your risk profile. Now, the person who's getting 12% might be in all of our tech innovation portfolio, 100%, and they might be seeing 12%, but they've also committed to taking on more risk because sometimes that portfolio is going to be a lot more volatile than the one you're in. So mm-hmm. if you're okay taking on more risk, then we can edit your profile and move you into the aggressive growth portfolio. hmm
0: Good answer. Let's see if you have a good answer to this one. This is the other one that used to get me. Let's say yeah, I'm in, I've been investing for 10, 15 years. I know enough about it. And, uh, Mikal, you've already convinced me that i got to ride out the ups and the downs. So I'm just going to put all my money into this index fund, and that's where I, I just want to stay. And, and because of that, no offense, I don't need to pay a fee to an advisor. Why can't I just do that?
1: Yeah. Here's what we found is that the industry has done like a really bad job of showing like everything it takes to have a solid financial wealth plan. If I did that, I would not be where I am today. It's because I also have the right insurances and protections. It's because I'm also looking at my tax strategies. I'm also looking at Roth IRAs and how to make better use of them. I'm also thinking about other investments that might suit me well, be it alternative investments, real estate, really having someone to look at my full financial picture has benefited me more than just saying, Hey, I will just put all my money here and it should all work out.
0: Mm. Yeah. I mean, that's what I used to tell people. It's that's, are you, are you, you, if you, Want advice, this like you've come to the right place. And if you want us to convince you that you need advice, well, our advisors are going to tell you about tax implications of things that you've done. Our advisors are going to look into your portfolio and see like losses you can harvest or other basically like little nooks and crannies in your portfolio that may be the A that means you should do B. And not only that, but you can go and index funds and you, you yes, you'll you'll see growth over time for sure. But the index fund isn't made for you. Like, th- that's what – some people just want more money, period. And it's like, that's great. Everybody loves money, right? Come on. I, I'd love to make more money too. But the, the, you're going to use the money for something, right? Or or is it just you're going to die with $10 million and declare victory or $100 million or whatever? <laughs> and so that's what I had trouble telling. It's like, let's get the amount of money you need to get to be sh- – as sure as we can be, never 100%, but as sure as we can be to get you to where you want to be. So do you go through conversations with people like that and and modeling into their future and things like that?
1: You'd be surprised at how much of this is just people needing the reminder, the person who's like a bit of the coach, if you will. Mm -hmm. So many people, this is guaranteed to happen in January, like clockwork people are going to come in with their new year's resolution. I'm going to start investing or I'm going to do this thing. And they'll do it for like a month. They'll say this month, I'm going to invest a thousand dollars and I'm going to do it every single month. Hmm. Maybe they do it in January. Maybe they do it in February. Then December rolls around and they are like, why aren't, why aren't I where it should be? Hmm. Didn't do it for the other 10 months. <laughs> Do you know how many people put money in a Roth, but then they did the transfer, but they never actually invested it? Mm. So I think this is where an advisor helps, because you need someone to do that routine checkup to say, let's have a quarterly review. Let's make sure or people with all the best of intentions who said it and forget it, but Mm. their income has gone up, but they haven't increased their investing. But Mm. most of us are guilty of increasing our spending. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But not necessarily are investing right. Got a nice bonus. Got a salary bump. Great. Upgraded the car. Upgraded the wardrobe. Forgot to increase the contribution.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it
0: it's very true, and that is that's a maybe the best reason of all to have an advisor to remind you of those things. Because I because I've done it both ways. I've been an advisor. I've been on my own. And when you're on you're it's the same reason why. At least me, like, I don't know if anybody sends letters in the mail anymore, but to send something in the mail for me, I've got something sitting at my desk I've been meaning to mail out. It's not urgent or anything, but what's it doing sitting there? Because it's a multi step process. I got to get the stamp. Like, I don't have any stamps here. Do I? No, I got to get a stamp. Oh, I got to find an envelope that fits this thing. Oh, I got. And that's the, the people will procrastinate the things that are like multi-step like oh i got a call i got to set the amount i got to maybe sign a document i got so thank god you're here <laughs> we've
1: made it so easy because yep. it's all within our mobile app so from the minute you're onboarded we know we asked you here hey tell us what's most important That drives a whole communication and engagement strategy. Your advisor knows these are the things that are most important. And then we can help habituate that good behavior through challenges, activities. Because it's just so much easier if you get a little nudge, a little reminder, right? It's why we have alarm clocks and notifications and why they're so effective. Mm -hmm. And the old traditional advisory hasn't solved for that. But with the mobile app, you can do so much more to keep people on track. Mm-hmm.
0: Is can, the the app is interesting and and when in starting this I'm sure it was one of the most ambitious things because I've have thought of starting an app for various things before it, it's it's complicated and it's also not that intuitive that's why we appreciate apps that are so simple like the GPS app Waze I punch in where I want to go it tells me where I want to go I, that's pretty much it right it's it's almost always reliable. Can you do everything on your app that you can do on the website? Pretty much?
1: Or tell me about that. Absolutely. I I've built products before. One of the portfolios I led at JP Morgan was one of the first products to offer a free credit score. And then I built the firm's Buy Now Pay Later platform, my Chase Plan. So I've always had that sort of experience of building an app and sort of understanding that consumers want it to be super simple. It needs to be intuitive. If I need to give you a tutorial about how to work the app, then we failed. And so we took that sort of design thinking into the entire experience of like, great, this should be a lightweight onboarding process. Let's get a few questions out the way so we understand what your investment profile is and what your key areas of financial planning are. And then let's quickly suggest some communities for you to be a part of, because we know that when people sort of join groups, and work on a similar goal, they're more likely to be successful. And then, oh, here's our message button here. You have a question? Message the advisor. Oh, you want to schedule a chat? Calendar is right here. Schedule the chat. Off you go. Super easy because we're all busy.
0: Mm, Of course. Do you have a chat bot, though? Any artificial intelligence yet?
1: Not quite yet. We nope. see what well we that people want to talk to humans. Now we can answer simple questions like if you're like, "Hey, what's the bond or what's the yield?" Chatbot is great for that, but your money is personal, so we want to make sure you have access to a human.
0: Mm, good answer. You're prepared for the robots. We all need to prepare for them. <laughs> so I'm looking at your team on the on your website and. It's, you can tell from first glance this, I mean, this in the nicest possible way. This looks like the United Nations. You've got, you've got v- diversity by gender. You got a lot of fe- female leadership. You've got diversity in the typical sense. Is that important to you?
1: It is. It's super important for our company, our advisors to represent the people that we serve. Mm-hmm. And it allows for people to bring their authentic selves to work, bring their lived experiences. But they're also way more relatable. Mm. Far yeah. more relatable. We have advisors, our lead advisor also a Latina, our one of our male advisors is also a veteran. Think about what they bring to the table through those lived experiences.
0: Mm. Yeah, it's a far cry from when I when I started at Bernstein. We visited the New York office to train, and this was in I want to say twenty ten or so. And the first advisors meeting I was in, there were like a hundred advisors in the room. It's like the cattle call, like Monday morning thing or whatever. And the number of of white dudes like me was staggering, <laughs> and 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 too many of them still wearing suspenders, like they were Gordon Gecko or something. Now I shouldn't crap on Bernstein because they've gotten a lot better at that, but. You've been in the, in finance a long time. Is it, has it been frustrating over the years to see the lack of representation of minorities and women?
1: Definitely, but equally frustrating for clients because clients walk in and feel like, Hey, there is no one here that looks like me, that has my lived experience, that maybe understand my values. I'll give you a great advisory experience about this. Mm -hmm. One of my friends, Southeast Asian, goes to an advisor talking about financial planning retirement planning and the advisor is like, Oh, do you need, should you be setting aside money for aging parents? Advisor goes right down the path of putting aging parents in some sort of a place home or so forth. Misses altogether the cultural preference of no, I'd like my family to be with
0: them. Mm, Cause they weren't listening.
1: Not listening or not yep. even being open to the fact that, Hey, this client may have something different in mind, and your advice is a bit off-putting.
0: Right, right. Yeah, it, and, and that's too many professionals it, uh, across all of, whether it's finance, whether you're an advisor of sorts or in sales, it's uh, this competitive world. People feel like, oh, here's what I'm going to sell you. Here, take this. <laughs> and and didn't bother to ask what I wanted, right? Yeah. And-
1: Think about what that translates into for our organization. When we Mm -hmm. talk about our client interactions, North Star is let's find out what's important to the client first.
0: Tell
1: us the recommendation based on what's important to the client.
0: Yeah. The people that trained me, and there were some very good ones that trained me along the way, said uh, try to become a resource to your client in every way. And that means if... They spend the meeting talking about their portfolio, but then they're also talking about how their mother is coming into town over the weekend, and I can't find anywhere to take her for brunch. Well, after the meeting, send an email to the client saying, just FYI, here are three places that I've been for brunch, and I've had good experiences there, and maybe your mom will appreciate one of these. I mean, little gestures like that, right? Yeah,
1: definitely. Or just little things like being open to their expectations of an advisory relationship, right? Like sometimes it's having someone that you can just bounce silly questions over and be sort of vulnerable. Like, I don't know the answer to this. I'm amazed at how complicated finances are, right? And it's not, there are just so many nuances to it. And Mm -hmm. just when you think you know everything, someone will fire off a question. You're like, I don't know the answer to that. Mm -hmm. Just over the weekend, my mom is on the phone and she's like, and we end up in this whole debate about she's a retiree. And she's telling me about an uncle who's retired, but should not be working full time. And I'm like, why would social security prevent you from working full time? Mm. (laughs) It's like, well, I'm a retiree. I know for sure. Hmm. My sister is Googling it. Like, what are the rules? And we're just like, this is so silly. Like, even the retirees have to guess about the rules. And imagine you're trying to figure this out in return.
0: Right. Yeah. And so many things like that come up in life. Your Your long-term benefits, insurance things. And Googling it. Is not always going to get you the answer, right? <laughs> yeah.
1: And I, yeah. Was, I and I didn't know the answer. And I was like, but well, one of our planners would know the answer to that,
0: right? <laughs> That's good. That's good. Your mom's lucky to have you. So, what w- we're up against the clock here a little bit, Mikhail. But t- tell people what should they do to find out more about about wealth, more and what what they can expect when they get in touch with you guys. Absolutely.
1: This is the season of giving, and we have a special offer out there. We are encouraging everyone, give the gift of wealth. That's really a gift that keeps on giving. So please go to our website, wealthmore.net. Please pre-register. The first three months are on us.
0: Wow. How can you turn that down, people? All right. we, We do have to run, but before we go, who's your favorite eagle right now?
1: There's so many, but of course, Galen, MVP.
0: He is great. And I, lo- I, I love his his attitude also is just great. And he, he clearly is, is a hard worker. He's a lot more than just his God-given talent.
1: And we obviously have the better Kelsey, right?
0: Yeah, obviously. I'm, um, I'm, I'm, I'm sick of that tight end. Um, Enough. We but have Jason's,
1: humble, We have the humble Kelsey. You
0: though. do. He seems like a <laughs> sweetheart of a guy. He really does. He's a big uh, teddy bear.
1: I bet Do, you, you ask Mama Kelsey who's her favorite.
0: Yeah. <laughs> she would never tell. She seems very nice. But, yes, it's got to be Jason. Yeah,
1: just, and, yes, if yeah. J-
0: J- Jason's got I mean, we might be looking at another Kelsey ball, and Jason can even the score. And then maybe Travis wouldn't be such a jerk in all those commercials. He's mm.
1: dropping it.
0: <laughs> What's that? Say again?
1: He's dropping the ball.
0: Yeah, right. <laughs> That's right. Lately, yeah, and I take it you grew up rooting for the Eagles.
1: Actually, I grew up in New York, so we rooted rooting for the Giants.
0: Uh, oh, well, talk about <laughs> a anymore. step! Talk about a step up there. Well I done.
1: <laughs> Poor Giants, still struggling.
0: <laughs> still struggling, right? Well, Mikhail, you were a fantastic guest. I hope you enjoyed it. And uh, check the uh, check the show notes. We'll put all the info about wealth wealth more how to get in touch with them and uh, the social handles and stuff like that. How do we do, Mikael?
1: We did awesome. Thank you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. And really, good luck with what you do. I, I think it's it's a great, fresh approach that you have. You're a breath of fresh air and not like all those boring people I used to know in finance. You know who you are. You know who you are. <laughs> I hope you had fun. Thanks so much. Thanks so much for listening. And if you want your own podcast, go to pod617.com to get started on your own podcast follow our podcast on apple Podcasts or wherever you find your pods on behalf of McCal and the better kelsey of the philadelphia eagles my name is dave i'm just a guy from boston who used to live in philadelphia and if you're not from boston you must be the other guy have a great day everybody see you soon